This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Monday, January 17th. This is episode 365. My name is Dan Ellis and I'm joined by two awesome co-hosts, Mr. Ryan Duffy. You better fucking say I'm awesome. And Mr. Taylor Chili Grin. I'm a hot fucking mess. How's it going? (laughs) (laughs) I felt like we were spying on you earlier. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. How's that? Well, when when your landlord was there. Beer-bellied guy walking in there checking out all your problems. I thought a porno was going to (laughs) happen. No, he was not going to get payment that way. (laughs) God. So what's new? Let's start with you, Taylor. what's, What's new in your world? So about three months ago, I, uh, I call up my landlord and I say, well, there's this grinding sound coming from our furnace when it pops on. And I feel like that's probably something you should be looking at. And, uh, and so they send a the guy and the guy says, yeah, there's some rust on your inductor coil. It's, uh, it tends to build up over time, you know, when it's, when it's not working for six months out of the year. And, uh, eventually it's just going to fail. And we don't know whether or not that's going to be a month from now or a year from now or more. And so it doesn't make sense to replace it until it fails. Cause, you know, then you're just starting the lifespan on a new part. So I said, well, I'd appreciate it if you guys would like have one of those on hand since you know that it's going to fail at some point in the future. And he nodded and went along his day and probably didn't do a goddamn thing <laughs> because this weekend, a holiday weekend, mind you, our furnace fucking failed. Oh, uh, after. Our power went out during 90 fucking mile per hour winds and sub-zero temperatures from like a snowstorm that went through town. Uh So, so Friday, I'm all happy and stupid thinking, sweet, three-day weekend playing Spider-Man on my fucking PlayStation when the power (laughs) pops off at 11 o'clock at night. So I'm pouring water into fucking pots and pans and shit. (laughs) And like throwing a shit ton of blankets on the bed and trying to get the two cats not to kill each other through the night so we can all bundle up and stay warm, wondering how much my fucking fridge food is still going to work. Well, if it's and, cold. Uh, well, yeah, see, not cold enough, though. It was going to get down to the danger zone before it got like chilly again. Um, I mean, that's, that's when you just put it outside. Yeah, well, I, that's what Sandra said, too, but I didn't trust anyone not to fuck with our food. Yeah. Uh, we got a lot of squirrels and shit. So anyway... Um, power pops back on at like four in the morning and our furnace dies by like 9 a.m. On a Saturday. So then we spend all Saturday working with the fucking guy to try and get like space heaters and shit. Um, and still we're at the point where like, if I plug a space heater into one wall, nothing else works on that fucking wall. So I can't be like warm and talking to you guys at the same time or else the circuit will fucking pop. And so like last night, we didn't want to try and like overload the house or anything or wake up dead because we started a fucking house fire. So we ended up putting one of the heaters, industrial fucking strength heaters my landlord gave us because he's like, oh yeah, that'll overdo the job. And I'm like, dude. I don't need my fucking bedroom to be 90 degrees. I need to fucking like just not freeze my ass off. So again, I've got both of the fucking cats in the bedroom trying to get them not to kill each other long enough for us to fucking sleep for eight hours. Uh, and so here I am at the tail end of my fucking three day weekend. I feel like I've gotten no goddamn rest. Yeah. That's, that's how my few days have been. Damn. Yeah. When, <laughs> so, so you, you let us know about that when we sat down and, and started chatting with each other but ahead of the actual record and you had contacted your your landlord yeah good for him for being johnny on the spot and coming over so quickly right like that's that's good well he knew that we were gonna raise some shit this is the same fucking landlord we had to go to about that neighbor who was beating his wife so Uh, yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) but so you you called him and said hey this the the heater that you brought over is way too much and so he brought over something else but as he's there and wandering around you yeah you left your computer on with the camera and everything and and ryan and i are just kind of 
tuning in every now and then while we're talking about <laughs> other stuff. And it was it was like nanny cam gone wrong. Like yeah, we were. <laughs> it was a voyeur situation. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like he looked like the the schlubby dude who is the center of every sitcom where he's married someone way out of his league. Mm-hmm. I, I tell you what, like, this is mean. This is really mean, but like, fuck it. I'm going to do humor that involves other people's physical appearances. I'm still <laughs> trying to figure out which eye I need to look at with this guy. So oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just now starting to figure out. I think it's the left one. Uh-huh. Um, is that why you thought you had too many icon. things plugged in? I should perhaps. <laughs> but yeah, I'm counting everything double. Yeah, I one of my brothers-in-law um has a has a lazy eye and I it's one of those things where you know, you don't you don't want like I I have a tendency when I'm speaking to somebody of looking at one of their eyes and usually it's their left mm-hmm. eye because it's on my right side, right? And one of my brothers-in-law, his, his, one of his eyes is not good. And mm-hmm. I have the hardest time remembering which one it is. And so then it turns into this weird thing where I'm staring at his eye and it's probably the bad eye. And then it's like, well, now he thinks I'm just staring at his bad eye instead of <laughs> looking at him while I'm talking. <laughs> so then you look at the other eye and then it's like, well, maybe I'm wrong and I'm looking at the wrong eye this time. Or right now, and so you bounce back and forth, and then it's like, well, now I now he thinks I'm just now trying just to sneak like peeks. Asshole. Yeah, now now he just thinks I'm sneaking peeks at his bad eye. I just <laughs> I feel like I can't win. Well, and I've got I've got the slightest bit of a lazy eye in my left eye to where like if I'm reading for an extended period of time, my left eye pretty much checks out and fucks off, and my right <laughs> eye does most of the work. And if I get in a conversation with anyone after I've been reading for a lot of time, my left eye will have a tendency to sort of like be a little late to the party. So if I move, you know, my gaze in any direction, my left eye will get there, but it takes its damn time to do it. <laughs> so like, I feel a lot better about making the joke that being the case, but yeah, like it, I don't know, man, it's weird. <laughs> uh huh. But so you, so he brought over another smaller heater for you. It sounded mm-hmm. like, and mm-hmm. Hopefully that will work yep. out better. It it was also funny when he Ryan and I overheard him make some comment about we got a lot of things plugged in. <laughs> it was like, yeah. yeah, welcome to the 21st century, motherfucker. <laughs> Every, everything needs electricity. <laughs> yeah, crazy, weird, weird. Most people have a television and one computer per person. Uh huh. Maybe yeah. he thought you were Amish. Well, Ryan's like, don't know how that could be the case. Ryan's like, yeah, you know, I guess he figured Taylor should have gotten one of those old hand crank televisions. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, gas powered is the only way to go. <laughs> well, and he like he points at one wall where I've got our cats like like it's one of those little freshwater fountains, you know, because yeah. cats radically prefer and it's much healthier. Yeah. You know, to not just have standing water sitting around the house and say you've got something that's got to flow like. He points at it, you know, as though to indicate like, oh, that's excessive. And it's like, <laughs> bite my ass, dude. <laughs> I I bet you're the kind of guy who fucking chains his dog up to a tree and talks to it once a week. Like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I hate those fuckers. Well, and it's I just, can't stand those fuckers. And, well, and it's just funny, like thinking about, you know, all of the things that you've got plugged in. And I'm sure that the combined power consumption of all of them is less than a toaster from the 50s, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like everything has gotten so much more efficient in the intervening years that it's is just kind of funny yeah yeah well it's like yeah we've got a somewhat higher electric bill sandra is attending classes in sweden halfway across the world i'm working remotely like when my office is based in the southwest somewhere you uh-huh. know um that welcome to 2022 mm-hmm. i actually had a, a guy trying to sell me solar panels and I was working in the garage and the garage doors open and he kind of walked up. I hate when they do that. And I'm <laughs> like, I don't, I don't really want solar. I know the whole gimmick with what you're trying to sell. I'm like, I won't go solar until I can have a battery bank in my house and I keep the power at stores instead of giving it to the power companies. Like, oh, well, mm-hmm. you know, it looks like you probably have a pretty high power bill. I'm like, actually, I don't. And he just looks at all the equipment on my garage and I'm like, it doesn't run 24 seven, dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't just turn all the saws on and just 
Leave them running all the fucking time. Let them go. I don't have the lathe and, and my sanders and yeah. all of the saws and my drill press and everything else running all at the same time, dude. It's not like, how it works. I'll turn it on, cut a piece, turn it off. <laughs> and a lot of times I'm using a handsaw or a hand chisel or something to do a lot of work. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's not on all the time, dude. <laughs> well, and then, yeah. then, uh, after after he left and we were just chatting, it reminded me, um, I can't remember, one of you said something about, you know, the, the power that would be, oh, it was Taylor. I think you said that he, the, the landlord said something about, well, you know, even if it's plugged in, even if it's yeah. off, it will still be drawn power or something like that. So unplug everything. And it really, yeah, well, and it just reminded me of, of my great grandmother, you know, a couple <laughs> decades ago, uh, me finding out that she believed she had to have something plugged into every receptacle in the house. Otherwise her electricity would just be running out onto the floor. <laughs> like just the, the yeah. weird things and people believe for whatever reason. And then you get I'm electrocuted. Like, I'm, I'm not an electrician, but I took some physics classes in high school and college. And I'm pretty sure that's not how electrons work. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, there are free electrons. They're just kind of, you know, I mean, yeah, sure. But like when we're talking about like just sitting on a wire or you know, it's all one DC big and, circuit, yeah. like it's not. <laughs> yeah. I if just, anything, having more things with resistance on the overall structure would like reduce that sort of overflow. But I don't <laughs> fucking know, man. <laughs> oh, I just thought it was kind of funny. Uh, I'm sorry. I hope that they can get that fixed for you soon. Me too. That'd be great. I love it. <laughs> Oh, love it. What about you, Mister Duffy? What's new with you? Uh, I'm just, you know, I'm still the same old me. Uh, working on a custom humidor right now. It's almost done. I've been working on that the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's got titties on it. Titties. Yeah. What's uh, the guy? Well, he uh, he was in the Navy and likes all the old like school Navy tattoos. Mm-hmm. And there's one that he really liked that was uh, a Sailor Jerry tattoo. And it's a naked lady, so this one's got titties on it. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'll show you later. Okay. Oh, it's, it's, right, it's right back. It's on, the, it's, on the, it's on the bench. Oh, cool. Well, cool, cool. And how's work going? Are, are you, uh, dude, are it's going to suck. Yeah. You guys, it's, you still got a lot of people out? Yeah, I'm... Um, Working overtime again this week, so then next week uh, I might be there for seven days. We hmm. in my prison cell. Uh-huh. Uh, so this week I'm gonna I'm gonna go pick up pick up a couple of canvases and try to try to do some old painting because the first two days at work went by really quick painting uh, those 3D models I had printed out the oh, yeah. Joker and Einstein. Yeah, but. Come day three, I had nothing left to paint. And day three, like dragged on because I can't. We're stuck in our rooms. Uh-huh. Mm. I can go out to eat. I can go grab some coffee, bring it back to my room. I can, you know, go out to go to the bathroom. But if we're not doing that, we're in our room, isolated. That and sucks. It sucks. Yeah. Do you have like a Kindle or anything? No, I, I'm I'm more you know old school books, but still, it's like I need to be doing something with my hands. Mm. And you can only so masturbate like a, so like often. a fidget spinner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, like doing like the art stuff, like at home, that's why, that's why I think that's why I love woodworking. I actually get to use my hands to be creative that way. So that's why I was like, I'm just going to get a couple of canvases and, uh, try to, try to see if I have learned anything about painting since yeah. I last painted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that doesn't sound very fun, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> and your shift changes here soon. So we'll be changing yeah. our recording days. And I have not had a chance to complete editing the last show that we did, so my apologies to everybody in listening land. I've been awful busy with stuff and junk and things. Um, I'm very congested. Um, I'm 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 allergic to our dogs, and every now oh. and then I forget to take my uh, my antihistamine, antihistamine, my nasal spray stuff. Anyway, uh, I, yeah, I I got to spend Saturday. And yesterday and today at my mother-in-law's house, um, installing ceiling fans and light fixtures for her. And that was, that was fun. How is the dog, by the way? Oh, she's, she's doing well. Um, 
for listeners who may not know, I can't remember if we talked about it during the episode or not. My mother-in-law has a glider rocker and she just got these two new puppies and went to reach for her phone and moved the glider and one of the puppies apparently was under the glider and got stuck somewhere, crushed somewhere, let out a big yelp. And there was a lot of concern because there was some blood involved. And so Tracy had to rush over there. They took the dog to the emergency vet clinic and um, the first clinic that they went to here in Salt Lake. There was a, shit, I want to say there was a three or four hour wait Oh, wow. Oh, no. For them to be able to be seen because it was uh, the weekend. There was Everyone had their holiday puppies and they're crushing them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so so then they had they drove fucking clear up to Layton to another animal emergency hospital up there and only had to wait like an hour there to be seen and then took x-rays and everything and the x-rays all checked out and she's fine. She's doing really well. Both of the puppies That's are good. super adorable. And so I got to visit with the puppies and then Danica brought the baby over on Saturday and today. So got to spend some time with her also. And that was a lot of fun. And then, uh, yeah, install some ceiling fans and lights for Tracy's mom that I know she really appreciates a whole lot. I'm also going to be installing some Wi-Fi switches for her around the house so that she uh, can just set her exterior lights and some other lights on the schedule instead of, oh, nice. instead of having to worry mm-hmm. about that. And we'll probably get nice. her some new exterior lights also because the ones on her house now are very old and very tiny and very dim. So just doing some I'm upgrades. I'm so excited to move into a nicer, better house again and set up like automated light schedules and yeah, not have yeah. outlets melt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. Actually be able to use that wonderful like Wi-Fi thing that you got me for Christmas. <laughs> I physically can't plug into any of the meaningful sockets. Yeah. yeah. Because your outlets are two inches off the ground. Not even two inches. They're on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that'll be great. Mm-hmm. Well, we have a lot of things to talk about. Uh, I think we're going to be talking about the LDS Church a fair amount this evening because it's a terrible institution and should go away. And people should, mm-hmm. you know, cancel their membership, stop going, not not believe in nonsense. Uh, but we will do all of that when we get back from this little break. This is Dr. Dan, Matt's boss from the Two Skeptical Chaps podcast, and you are listening to the Godless Revolution. Oh shit, did I say revolution? I mean revolution. Bloody Americans fucking up the language. You can edit that, right Spike? Okay, we say we came across this murder site, and we're just cleaning it up. Who cleans up murder sites? I don't know, we're Mormons. Mormons don't clean up murder sites. Mormons are helpful. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. Well, welcome back, everybody. Uh, We are going to continue shitting and shaming on the LDS Church because we should. Everybody should because it's a terrible institution that ruins lives across the globe. It's a fucking terrible institution that needs to go away forever yeah yeah and just because they might do something charitable i i I wouldn't even call them doing shit that's charitable charitable half the fucking time it's them being like oh a dime fell on the floor here you go Mm -hmm. yeah well and they make their they make their own members beg for assistance yeah after these members have paid 10 percent of their usually gross income to a church mm-hmm. that is already more wealthy than any other church on the face of the fucking planet holds more property than any organization on the face of the planet. Like it's just, it's insanely, incredibly ludicrously, grossly, filthily rich. And yeah. they still make their own members beg for any bit of assistance and volunteer to work instead of paying them for anything. No. I just had a little bit of an epiphany. You know, I always wonder why people are like, no government, I pay you a bunch of taxes. I don't need anything in return. Spend it however you want. 
instead of on social networks or not social networks, social safety nets, fixing our roads, getting better internet. We don't need that government. That's what we call communism. And we don't want that because <laughs> they do the same fucking thing with their church. They're like, no, take 10%. And when I need help, I mean, I should just fall. I mean, I should stand up on my own two feet. I don't need help, but I'll keep giving you 10% every fucking month, even though I could really use that right now to keep the electricity out of my house. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't know if you guys remember way back when I worked with Damp all of the time. Mm-hmm. One of the things that really fucking pissed me off uh, was overhearing him talking to another coworker, and my other coworker had a son who had Crohn's and was going through a particularly bad spell and 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 problems with his Crohn's disease. And Damp had the fucking nerve. To tell my other coworker, well, you know, if your son would go to church regularly and pay his tithing, you probably wouldn't have problems like this. And Which I was just insensitive like, as I was just like, fuck. You, oh, I would have gotten in a fight. I was just like, you fucking prick. And then, of course, Damp's wife was diagnosed with breast cancer and died. So yeah. maybe she wasn't going to church like maybe she should. Enough. Maybe they weren't paying 10% in tithing. Maybe he was fudging his fucking tithing. And that's why his fucking wife is dead now. What a fucking prick, man. Yeah, I am getting uh, a little ragey. Sorry, everybody. Well, let's 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 talk <laughs> about a wealthy Mormon that doesn't really it's having troubles. So I, I don't think, know if he's a Mormon. Anymore. I think I think a lot of our listening audience would know who David Archuleta is, even if you are not necessarily a fan of his music or of American Idol or anything like that. You've probably heard the name David Archuleta. He was a contestant on American Idol. Just as an aside, he's from my hometown. We went to the same high school. He's much younger than I am, but he went to the same high school I attended, uh, grew up here in mm. my hometown of Murray, yeah. Utah, and went on American Idol and has since become a worldwide star, you know, doing creating a bunch of pop music and everything. And he's a cute kid. I mean, he's fun. He does fun he things sings. seems pretty sweet he's got a he's got a nice singing voice <clears throat> i couldn't name one of his songs but uh, yeah i i couldn't either like i'm i'm not a huge david archuleta fan but a lot of people really like him and really like his music yeah. and it was and, obvious and. to most people i think uh in in the audience of anything he was ever doing that it seemed pretty clear that he was not entirely straight yeah, there's there's a game that a lot of people play here in Utah called gay or Mormon, because a lot of a lot of people within the LDS Los church. Dos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And a lot of the time it's both. But it's 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 that a lot of people within the LDS church, because the LDS church has had such draconian policies or teachings around homosexuality that if you have been steeped in the LDS faith your entire life, you understand that if you come out as gay, your life is going to be fucking miserable, especially if you live in Utah. Yeah. Yeah. Especially Mm -hmm. if you live in Utah where the majority of people in Utah are LDS. And Mm -hmm. if, you know, in different communities, that number can range as high as, you know, 80% LDS population in your community. And if you are not a member, then you're not a member of that neighborhood, that community, that Mm -hmm. city in a lot of instances. Uh, You will be ostracized and demonized and dehumanized until you move or kill yourself, which is a huge problem there. too often. Yeah, youth suicide here in Utah is much higher than a lot of other states. I think it's one of the highest in the nation, if not the highest. And they tend to blame it on the altitude. Yeah. The the altitude is all to do with it. Which mm-hmm. oh boy. Yeah. That's yeah. We we don't we don't see the a corresponding suicide rate in like the Andes, for example, or, or other surrounding Colorado. states. Yeah, Colorado with <laughs> with very similar uh, altitudes for a lot of its metropolitan metropolitan areas. Anyway, uh David Archuleta came out as as initially he came out as being bi uh bisexual 
And <sighs> that's fine. There are a lot of there are a lot of people who are bisexual that that they're attracted yeah, to. Yeah, I'm just tired of it being treated as some sort of like social transition uh-huh. for people who just aren't, you know, willing to say that they're gay. Oh yeah. Which leads well, to the stereotype that there are no such thing as bisexual people, just gay people who aren't all the way out of the closet yet. Yep. Yep. Which I, yeah, that's know. gotta be frustrating. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think for him, because even he he put out an hour long video. I watched like maybe fifteen percent of it. Yeah. Uh, but at one point, he does talk about like, hey, you know, his ex girlfriends and you know people he's dated, talking about the fact that he's like, I just couldn't do it. Like my church says, this is the path I'm supposed to take. I'm trying to stick to the path. My church, my religion says I should take to be happy to have a you know a godly life and all that shit. But he's like, I just couldn't do it. He's like, I couldn't, you know, make them happy in the relationship because I wasn't happy in the relationship because it's like, I'm gay. Cause I was faking it. Yeah. That's, I, yeah. I was faking a straight relationship just to try to do what my church wanted me to do. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so, so David Archuleta initially came out and said that he was bisexual and, and, and like Taylor said, that's, that's a very frustrating thing for people who are bisexual I, I, I mean, I, I kind of get why he was put in that position because he was raised LDS. Mm -hmm. Anyway, he, he came out as bi and has since pretty much said that he's homosexual instead of, instead of being bisexual. And he's having a really hard time reconciling who he is with who his church has taught him that he is. Mm -hmm. Right. Because Mm -hmm. he, in addition to being homosexual is also a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the Mormons. And and let's be honest here. If he wasn't a recording artist that was doing well, he would have been excommunicated. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've seen case after case of people who are, are members of the church who have, you know, some modicum of nor of, of notoriety and, announce that they are gay or bisexual or, you know, they don't follow the heteronormative stereotype and, and, you know, try to live their lives as strictly straight and cis. And the LDS church finds one reason or another to dismiss them and officially disinvite them from their little God club. Yeah. Um, but so David Archuletic recorded this like hour long video yeah. on Instagram that our friend Michael Aaron, who is the uh, editor and publisher for Q Salt Lake Magazine here in Utah, who's you know Michael Aaron is is awesome. He's I've I've been wanting to get him on the show for a very long time. I'll need to reach out to him again and see if he'd like to come on the show. Um, he's just he he does so much for the LGBTQ community here in Salt Lake. Um, he wrote. Do you mind if I jump in here real quick? No, not at all. Sorry, I was just going to say, listener. If, by the way, if you didn't know who David Archuleta was, and if you didn't realize that Q Magazine didn't have to do with QAnon until you listen to this episode, <laughs> it's okay. You're in good company. We were talking about this earlier, and I was like, "Who? QAnon? What?" So, of the three of us, <laughs> like, like if if you didn't know what was going on until we got to this point know that you are one of every three podcast hosts who are in the same boat. (laughs) I have to remind myself that Q Salt Lake is queer. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Not QAnon. It's a different Q. I've, I've just, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to step on your point. Oh no, you're totally fine. Cause there's going to be people who in our audience who are like, who the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> what is this? They're reading QAnon articles. Oh yeah, yeah. Q is for queer. Sorry, I, I should have I should have explained that. No, no. Don't yeah. be sorry at all. Like because it, it it obviously showed itself through the context clues. But there's gonna be a few listeners who are like, "What are this?" Like, so I just wanted to I wanted them to be able to say like, "Okay, kindred spirits." <laughs> yeah. So so you know, Michael Aaron pays attention to all kinds of headliners and, and people who are in the LGBTQ community um, and helps promote their stories and promote just being LGBTQ in a world that, you know, often frowns upon that, 
the wider world sometimes views it as a lifestyle choice or people choosing to be gay or bisexual or trans or whatever, instead of recognizing that's who these people are, they're just living a more authentic life and announcing to the rest of the world who they are and seeking acceptance for just existing. Right. So Michael, uh, heard about the story and decided to write an article about it for Q Salt Lake magazine. And you can tell that Michael was very affected by this story himself. Michael was never a member of the LDS church. I don't believe he's ever been a believer of any stripe. I think he's always been unaffiliated religious wise and, you know, living here in Utah as a gay man, that's been a bit of an issue, but he's, he's managed to make it work, but he wrote this story The story says David Archuleta made a deeply personal video post on his Instagram account about his struggle meshing his homosexual life with his LDS life. Quote, I go insane if I don't let out whatever is inside of me, Archuleta begins, but I just can't help it. Archuleta said it's been challenging to prepare for an upcoming tour, which was supposed to happen in 2020, but was postponed because of the pandemic. Quote, I have to be honest. It's been difficult for me to get ready for this tour, he said, while ensuring he wouldn't cancel it. Other factors in my life have affected my motivation and energy to put into touring. He said he hasn't written anything recently, which he said happens in phases. His most rec- he most recently did a Christmas tour, which he called wonderful, but very difficult, both physically and emotionally. Quote, I feel it has to do with the past year and coming out and what that means for me and the changes and adjustments it's made in my life, he said. I know it's affected my view on things and my beliefs. I've grown up in a religion that I've always felt strongly toward, Being a Latter-day Saint, a gay Mormon, I was always taught that marriage was everything, he continued. If you are married in the temple, you are with them for time and eternity, even after death, which is a beautiful thought if you love that person and that you can continue growing and progressing on an eternal journey together. That's what I wanted. I grew up believing that and defending that because I believed this is what God intended. I was going to get married and have kids and have a wife and get married in the temple and live happily ever after. Well, I tried to make that work. Yeah, I tried to make that work. And clearly that wasn't going to work because of my sexuality, because my sexuality did, did not leave me with the inclination to have those desires. He said that he tried and tried to express himself sexually with a woman, but it couldn't happen. Quote, When it came to those aspects of a relationship, I just couldn't provide them. Not to a woman. It's something that's expected. You want that chemistry. He said he felt his relationships were more like performing in a play where he was in a role of a man courting a woman, wanting children, and living happily ever after. And that's what his fucking church taught him. Uh Uh-huh. Quote, (sighs) I felt like I was an imposter because I could see the way whoever I was dating was reacting and thinking, Do they not realize I'm not that? I'm just playing the part because I was supposed to. And the part I was playing felt genuine. And there was this kind of connection that was romantically going on like a fairy tale. And I looked at it as more of a business relationship. Like, this is what we're supposed to do. We are supposed to get married, but we wanted more of a, but they wanted more of a personal connection. He said he couldn't provide that. He said he was taught that it would eventually come naturally to him if he played that part but he felt he was pretending to be someone that he's not. And this is something that the LDS church does a lot, a lot, a lot. It's it's this idea of fake it until you make it. If you are gay and you're struggling, you just need to pretend that you're not gay, and eventually you'll learn to love the person of the opposite sex who you've decided to partner with, and you'll be able to lead a heteronormative lifestyle. You won't have to fall prey to the victim, to, to the, to the, to the natural desires that you have, the, the personal challenge that God has given you of same sex attraction as the LDS church likes to refer to it. But I mean, even like the way he put it as a business relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Which and is that's what the church basically wants him to fucking have like, no, mm-hmm. pretend you're fucking straight to give the church a good image that we want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You need to create a transactional relationship with somebody so that neither of you are fulfilled in your lives and wants and desires and just pump out kids to provide more tithing to the church eventually. And, and you'll get used to it. Yeah. And don't forget, a lot of men did this that weren't Mormon. 
when being homosexual is basically going to get you locked up in a fucking prison cell. Oh my God. I couldn't tell you how many, how many personal friends I have, like people that I know in my life here in Utah who are gay, who tried so fucking hard to pretend that they were straight, tried and tried and tried, had, you know, they, they had marriages, they had kids, they raised families. And eventually those families ended up falling apart and those marriages fell apart because they could no longer live with the lie. It just got to be too much to bear. And mm-hmm. it got to a point where everybody in that family was fucking miserable yeah, because they were all living a lie and they just had to finally own up to that. And once they did, it was hard. It was really fucking hard. A lot of them, you know, sadly, a lot of people I've known are no longer with us because they weren't able to maintain this facade and and died by suicide because yeah. they could no and, longer live with that lie. And like someday I need to go on a big gay rant about this whole thing <laughs> because there's there's a really profound essay and I think it ended up becoming a book um, called like the invention of heterosexuality. And it tracks what they call the quote, surprisingly uh, short history of being straight. And the idea is, is that like for the vast majority of humankind, being straight wasn't really a thing. And by that being gay, wasn't a thing being bi wasn't a thing. Like people just had sex with the people that they wanted to have sex with. Right. And they like might have limited or expanded certain sexual options. Um, with you know some individuals as opposed to others but like the amount of almost institutional um gayness in things like the military or you know um people who are are um what's the word i want to use for this like 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 pathfinders or rangers you know like people who are out in the wild with nothing but you know other men right or or uh you know bachelorettes sharing rent and that kind of thing. Like for the overwhelming majority of, of human history, people have had sexuality of convenience with people of the, the same, you know, sex for ever. Mm-hmm. And then largely as an outcropping of like anti masturbatory movements in the 1800s leading into the 1900s, we suddenly had this idea of like sex that is not for procreation with the like inherent goal of making a child with your lawfully wedded spouse is like, bad and therefore we need to invent this idea of having sex of any kind with somebody of the same sex is bad like it's so fucking new yeah and so anytime people are like oh well yeah i'm not allowed like like i feel pressure to like be or not be something i'm not it's like dude just like do the sex that you want to do like you don't need a label for mm-hmm. that like yeah. just just fuck the consenting people who also want to fuck you in the way that you elect to fuck and like i don't know not make a fucking deal out of it like yeah. and don't let other people tell you what to do you well, don't have to make a federal case unless that's it, yeah. your kink yeah when you well <laughs> yeah we were watching you earlier it could have happened uh, when you when you said the, the thing about the military that reminded me of i when i was doing a bunch of videos for a uh, transgender inclusion project mm-hmm. and the amount of people that i interviewed that were transgender like that came from the military Mm-hmm. And most all of them, like one of them, uh, she's pretty prominent. She's been on the news quite a few times here in Utah, but she was like, I was a fighter pilot. She's like, I was in Bosnia and I was in all these places. And I put, I would, she's like, I would take the most dangerous assignments because I was trying to do the most manliest thing I could do to try to trying prove, to prove yeah. I was a man, mm-hmm. even though I mm-hmm. knew I wasn't. And how many people joined the military and gave me the same answer. They might not have been like our Navy SEAL, like the one that is very prominent that, that came out as transgender, but mm-hmm. that they're like, mm-hmm. I joined the military because I thought I, it was the manly thing to do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I want to be, I want to be really careful, right? Like in, in light of what you said, you know, um, everything that I said a moment ago was with regards to, for like, the most part, cisgendered people, right? Yeah who engage in whatever sexual acts they, they wish to, you know, with regard to like the, the, you know, culturally recognized gender of the people they're doing it with. Right. Like nothing, nothing that I said was intended to invalidate like being transgender, which I think is a very different thing from like your, your expressed sexuality. 
I don't um, think and I just want to make sure that's like that, but yeah, just you talking about the military and that aspect of kind of like mm-hmm. uh, Archuleta thinking he has to be straight because that's the way his mm-hmm. church is and he's living a lie the whole time. How many people that are transgender in this kind of a, a similar mm-hmm. role where they try to pretend they're straight the whole time, even though they're not, not yeah. or that they're not that they're straight or gay, but that they're not the gender that they think they should be. Mm-hmm. Like they, hey, mm-hmm. I feel a different way, but I'm told not to express that feeling. So I'm going to go out and do the most manliest, most ballsy fucking thing I could do. Or if it's a woman, be like, I'm going to, you know, maybe mm-hmm. go do the most womanly thing. I'm going to do beauty pageants, even though I yeah. fucking think yeah. this is stupid and I hate wearing this shit, but I'm trying to pretend that I mm-hmm. am this way. Yeah. There's, there's just a big, I, I just don't want anyone to come away with the idea that I don't acknowledge. There's a pretty big incongruity. Um, between an individual being assigned a gender at birth and and like basically that that state not comporting with with their mechanics, right? And and what I think is that the overwhelming majority of human beings are probably fairly sexually fluid um, mm-hmm. in the right circumstances, um, and and that those are they have overlap and and like you know trans folks are compatriots with the rest of the lgbtq splat community but i wouldn't want anyone to come away with the impression that i necessarily equate the two situations because personally i think that people are radically more fluid than we give ourselves credit for mm-hmm. largely because we attempt to define ourselves into sexual um uh inherently limiting terms that i don't think need to be does that like i mean am i am i communicating yeah. that no, well yeah yeah i, I found that. jason momoa very fucking attractive. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. shaved the beard. <laughs> oh, right. No yeah. longer yeah, attracted yeah. to him. Mm-hmm. Like, I sorry, get dude, you got a small chin. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I thought you were hot as fuck. Then you shaved the beard. And I'm like, ah, it's not doing it for not me. Anymore, in, dude. Not into it now. Yeah. Nah, not digging mm-hmm. it. Like, I would stare at you. Like, because how can I not stare at you, Jason Momoa? But now that you shaved <laughs> right. the beard, I'm like, I can look away. Well, and that's just it too, right? Like, like society has placed so many demands on people that you, uh, we, we hear it all the time that, oh, well, you know, now all of a sudden everybody's gay and everybody's bi and everybody's trans and everybody's, you know, this sexual deviancy that is going on everywhere. And it's like, no, it has always existed. People are just feeling more free to be their authentic selves. Now they're not, they're Mm. not so afraid that they're going to be fucking murdered for just being who they are. They've They're always more been opportunity here to express themselves. Yeah. Yeah. They've yeah. always been here. They've always, they've always existed. Now they just feel mm-hmm. that they will be more accepted. Like I, yeah. I hate and, it. And I'm, I, sorry, I hate God. it when you, when you have a, a show or a commercial come out and people rail against it. Cause like, Oh, that, that character's homosexual. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know how many shows you've watched that's had an actual gay person pretending to be straight on it? And you don't give a fuck about that. But mm-hmm. when it's maybe a straight person pretending to be gay on a show, since they're portraying a homosexual character, now you have mm-hmm. a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and the biggest thing for me is that I, you know, because there's a lot within the LGBT community, there's a lot of pressure on on folks stake their claim, so to speak. And and I'm really looking forward to a point where, you know, somebody can say like, yeah, I, like I, I played around with a dude when I was like discovering myself, right? Or like I had a, a lesbian period during college or something like that, right? And and rather than people giving them the side eye and saying, well, are you bi or are you gay or whatever? Like, no, maybe they're just heteroflexible and that's okay. And mm-hmm. like, like to stop being so concerned about what, variation of dozens of different types of sexualities a person, you know, chooses to label themselves as, and instead just say to consenting adults have fun. Like let's stop defining this into the ground and then using that as a way to create divisions within the greater activist community mm-hmm. to like, you know, it gives a lot of like turf ammo, for example, that frustrates oh, yeah. the shit out of me. Yeah. 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 I think it's a societal pressure. It's not just the religious pressures nowadays, but the societal ones. Cause I had a mm-hmm. friend or I have a friend whose sister's uh, gay and I was actually mm-hmm. at a wedding. We're hanging out and she was telling us, she's like, yeah, in college, I tried to fuck myself straight. Like, she's like, I was sleeping Oof. with as many men as I could trying to be straight. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah. and I realized like, no, I'm not straight. Like this mm-hmm. isn't fun. She was like, it was a horrible dark period where she was just trying to fuck herself straight. I'm so sorry. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. She's in a great relationship now. They adopted. Actually, they did in vitro. So they got a kid. Okay. And yeah, she's 
Shit's better now. But she said when she was in college, in college like 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah. Yeah. This is Steve Kuno, author of the new book, Behind the Mormon Curtain, Selling Sex in America's Holy City. It's the result of three years of interviews with sexual service providers in the Salt Lake City area. And yes, the vast majority of their clients are practicing Mormons. It's available through bookstores, on Amazon, or go to my website, stevekuno.com. Kuno is spelled C-U-N-O. Don't satisfy yourself with buying just one copy. Oh, and by the way, you are listening to The Godless Revolution. You know, I'm pretty sure people in Utah have telephones. Yeah, but Susie's Mormon. Oh, shit. She doesn't have electricity? Oh, that's the Amish. They're Mormons. Super religious white people. They have electricity and cars and stuff, but since I'm not Mormon, her parents would never approve. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! Boy, yeah, well... I'm uh, sorry, we jumped in there. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, this has been great. Um, We should just call, rename our show The Derail. (laughs) 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 Well, and and so, and getting back to David Archuleta's story, uh, he said that he was taught that it would eventually come naturally to him if he played the part, but he felt he was pretending to be something that he is not. Quote, I eventually came to the conclusion that this was happening because I was attracted to men. In my religion, it was okay to be attracted to men, but still marry a woman because that's the right thing to do. That's the eternal perspective. That's what's going to really make you happy. Bullshit. If you acknowledge that you're attracted to men Mm. and do anything about it, you're going to suffer. You're going to be sad. You're going to lose this light in you. So keep trying to make it work. But I started getting so depressed. It was like life wasn't worth living anymore, he continued. I'd rather not live like that, like I'm pretending just to make everyone else think I'm happy. I felt like we are here to enjoy this life rather than tolerate it. And so he gets to this point in his life where it's like he's tried for so long to live up to his church's teaching that, you know, this is just a personal challenge. You need to push your way through it. You need to try to, you know, pretend to be straight to in order to have an eternal family in the afterlife and join your family in the afterlife and it's this poison that has (sighs) been dripped into his veins since infancy and uh, well i think he's on the precipice of my church is the cause of all these fucking problems oh yeah right like he's not there yet yeah i guarantee he's having those thoughts Mm-hmm. But his religion mm-hmm. is still creeping in there being like, nope, I, that's not a good thought to have. Maybe it's not the problem, you know. And I think that's what's right. causing his, his problems right now is his depression that he's talking about is, you know, emotional and spiritual issues while on tour. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Well, and Michael's uh, article says that he felt it. He felt, he said it felt insincere and dishonest. He'd seen others in the same situation, try to live their lives that way. And he didn't like the result. He didn't like the idea of having to tolerate life until it ends. Quote, I feel like we are here to enjoy this life, he said, rather than tolerate it. He said that up until the point he came out, he'd never thought of the idea of wanting a sexual relationship with a man. He was only focused on getting married to a woman and living his beliefs. His church, he said, said that same-sex attraction was a challenge in his current life, a temptation that would go away in the next life. He said that taking the route to a relationship with a male was the last option to be okay with himself mm. and to be okay with his God. Yes. So basically wait till you die and then you'll be straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah. And then there's a quote from him. David Archuleta says, but it literally became the last option. What's worse for me to pretend for the rest of my life that I don't have that. And to just look like I'm happy at some point I thought, mm. what would God prefer? For me to live a sinful life, living in a gay relationship, letting myself love someone romantically that's the same sex as me, is that better than not being here and not existing? What's worse? Because probably ending my life is also bad. So you start playing with those ideas. Which one's worse? And you start thinking, ending my life doesn't seem so bad. That way I don't have to live a lie. And if I stick around, that temptation is going to be ever before me, and that's wrong. 
and I feel like I'm about to give in to that and I'm and I'm about to give in to that's acceptable and that's how I am. So maybe it's better to end the sinful person, to end the sin than to let it grow and destroy me because maybe if I die, I'll have a better chance at salvation than if I were to to live gay. This is the yeah. kind of poison that the LDS church feeds into people from the time they are born. It teaches them yeah. to hate who they are if they are not heterosexual, if they are bisexual, if they're trans, if they're gay, if they are in any way outside of a, a heteronormative stereotype, they're ostracized and taught that their internal feelings and who they are, not just how they feel, but who they are as a person is wrong and sinful and has to be denied. Well, that reminds me of Elizabeth Smart. Yeah. When, when Elizabeth Smart would talk about her abduction after the fact, and she said that one of the things that she was reminded of um, when she was sexually assaulted was the Mormon teaching that it's better to fight to the death than let your virtue be stolen. And it's like, this is the kind of bullshit that they, you know, believe it's inseparable from the doctrine of that religion. And these are the consequences of that. Well, and in her case, real I would say human beings fight. Well, but I mean, here's the, the thing. Like death. she's, she's alive. Like, yeah. Like, you know, if she had followed her religious teachings, you know, they would have not found her alive. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and as somebody who doesn't believe in life after death, like for many circumstances, I would rather be alive personally. You know, I can't speak from her experience, but you know, the fact that they value a person's um, sex over their life, right. Mm-hmm. Is, I don't know, profane to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely disgusting and damaging in so many different ways. And we see it all over the place. We talked about the, the high number of suicides among, among teens here in Utah mm-hmm. and the homelessness that also comes with telling your parents here in, in Mormon Utah that you're gay or bisexual right. because a lot of Mormon families will disown their, their own children for telling them for being open and honest and telling them who they are. And yeah. it's just, I don't, it, I, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I get a lot of people are pissed off and they're saying, well, why would you want to associate with a church that teaches you that who you are is, is wrong and sinful and bad. And you should feel ashamed for that. Why would you want to associate with yourself with any of that? Why wouldn't you just tell them to go fuck themselves and get out of it? Well, that's an easy thing to say when you haven't been steeped in it your entire life. Mm-hmm. And, you yeah. know, I, I kind of share that sentiment. Like, I don't, I don't personally understand how you can choose to believe in something without good evidence and, and push down who you are as a person, who you know yourself to be because your church has taught you that that is bad and sinful and wrong. I understand the inclination of people to say, well, just, Tell your church to go fuck itself, live, live your life. And that's easy for people who were not indoctrinated from birth to say, but it's right, quite right. a different matter to engage in that as an adult, looking back on a life of indoctrination where you've been taught from the time, from any time that you can remember that who you are as a person inside that you haven't confessed to anybody is wrong and sinful and you should be ashamed. And it's working against God's eternal plan for you. You're giving up not only your mortal existence and social structure and and family and friends, but your eternal salvation for being who you are, for being how you are as your God has created you. It's a personal struggle. It's a personal mm-hmm. struggle that you just need to deal with and get on with your own life and pretend to be something that you're not. And that's so fucking toxic yeah. and damaging. And well, yeah. the way the Mormon church structures itself is it's, it is your life. Mm-hmm. Every day of the week has something planned for you to do. Yep. So if it's so someone yeah. says, well, just go live your life. Like, well, your life, his life kind of revolves around the Mormon church. So if you take that away from him, it's, he doesn't know what to do. 
Yeah. I mean, he would eventually find it. He'll still be, I think there'd be a dark phase, you know, in the transition, but. Mm-hmm. Well, and I was going to say. It's not as easy as they make it. Yeah. Well, so. I was going to say, I've, I've seen so many people go through this transition, this, this faith transition or, or transitioning out of the faith that they've been raised with and coming to grips with who they are and trying to find their new place in the world with, with a better understanding of their role in the world and accepting who they are and trying to move past what they've been taught their entire lives. And it's really fucking hard for a lot of people. And so I feel for this kid, like I just, I feel so bad for him. And I, I hope that he's able to come to a place where he feels good about who he is and standing up for what he feels and, and is as an individual and puts that in a position of primacy over the beliefs that he's been indoctrinated with. And it's mm-hmm. going to be hard. It's going to be really fucking hard. And I feel bad for him. I, I wish there was an easy road out of this. The, the, the best thing I think that we can do as non-believers or people who think the LDS church is fucking bullshit and that he shouldn't be associated with mm-hmm. them is to try to provide a soft lending space for when yeah. he does leave or for when I- other people leave. I, and I think he's the type of a figure that, you know, if and when he does leave, he would be beneficial to other gay Mormons as showing kind of like a light, like, hey, look, mm-hmm. I fought my way through this. You know, yeah. it sucks. And I got out. You can. I got too. out. You can, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I had the same dark thoughts you did. Don't follow those, you know. It's going to be hard, but just get through this phase in your life and you will have a better life once you're living a more true, honest self. So I would hope that him going through this, since he's got a larger presence, could possibly help other people dealing with the same situation. Mm -hmm. Get the fuck out of it. Yeah, I hope so. And and I think what terrifies the LDS church and the leaders of the church is, is just that. that. Yeah. That that he yeah. will make this exit and it will be easier for people following in his wake, but it's going to be hell for him. Because we had uh, uh, the singer from Neon Trees, Neon Tree, mm-hmm. am I pronouncing the band right? Yeah. Like when he came out and kind of left, it didn't really have a big influence, but mm-hmm. they've had David Archuleta doing all their Mormon tabernacle stuff. Like the mm-hmm. church has put him on a fucking pedestal. Yep. Which might also yeah. be part of his his issue with it. Like the church has elevated his stardom mm-hmm. amongst there's, Mormons. The, there's a reason. There's a reason why for most dogmatic religions, especially Abrahamic ones, the worst crime you can commit is apostasy because the worst shame a religion can have is some of that they've propped up turning away from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which I wonder if he's struggling with that too. Like, I honestly don't think he would have, he still would have been successful, but I think a lot of success he's gotten is from a Mormon influence, Mm -hmm. you know, Mormon listeners, Mormon fans being, Mm -hmm. you know, the church having him sing at all their events and just being like a, Hey, look at this. Oh yeah. The LDS church is is Mm -hmm. way into promoting people who are of the faith Mm-hmm. while they're in the faith <laughs> to be well, like, right. yeah, look how cool Mormonism can be. Look how great your, your idols, the people that you look up to the, your, your favorite singer, they're Mormon. Did you know that? Well, you should learn more about the church. You should yeah. become a member. It's great. Well, I think I even remember when after American Idol and all that stuff, he went on his mission and the Mormon church was talking about, Oh, look, you know, Aww. David Archuleta is going on his mission and he's going to go spread the word. And here's our famous pop star, you know, taking the time out of his career to go on a mission for the church. Mm-hmm. All happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I can, I can tell like I, I, I wasn't able to watch the, the entire video yet. And well, I'll post links to this story yeah. from Q Salt Lake and and it includes a link to his video so that everybody can go out and look at it. But it's it's clear from the bit of the video that I watched that he's really having a hard fucking time. Oh yeah. I mean, he talked about you know finding it hard to even find the motivation to go on tour that is upcoming mm-hmm. because yeah. It's just been really fucking hard and it's going to unfortunately it's going to get even harder before yeah, it gets better, yeah. but it, it eventually will get better. I just hope that he can 
managed to get through it all and that he has a good support system of loving individuals around him who will be there to catch him when it all comes crumbling down because it's going to happen. I mean, there is a community right. form. He just needs to know that, Hey, we're here. Yeah. Not, not, I mean, not just like, like an atheist me, but like, you know, an LGBTQ community that will be like, yeah, we'll accept you. Yeah. You're fucking come, yeah. come, come through the doors. Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, I don't know exactly his style of music, but I'm sure that the like collab with Lil Nas X would be, Hot. So. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. We oh, have run well past our allotted time for this episode, so I'm sorry, everybody, but I thought this was an important story we, to cover. We um, gave you some yeah, extra goodies. You. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we have run out of time. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm a little emotional. I, I just, I've, I've seen this way too many times with, with people who have such a hard time leaving behind this toxic albatross around their neck that if they were able to somehow just break free and see from a distance, their own lives and examine that more fully, they would be so much happier, but it's, it's hell. I can't, I can't imagine how fucking difficult it's got to be for somebody who has been so indoctrinated and so tied to the church for so long to be falling away from it and seeing their entire lives crumble in front of them, Mm -hmm. all their hopes, their desires, their dreams for, not just their own future here on this mortal plane, but an entire afterlife that is now being stripped of them. But it's all been propped up by lies their entire lives. And just coming to the realization of that and the hurt and anger and despair that comes along with it, I just, I can't imagine how awful that would be. And I just, I feel so bad for him. Mm -hmm. But we have run out of time. (laughs) Oh, go ahead. I was I was gonna say some bullshit about how great it would be to just start like a like a bullshit religion that's just like oh no man like as long as you don't hurt anyone you're cool don't worry about it and when you go to heaven it's gonna be like whatever you know your favorite shit to do so you can play video games and get blowjobs all day for eternity <laughs> like hang out with the family members you like and your dog and not have to see the family members you don't like and the only people who get punished are the ones who drive in the left lane slowly oh, like, yeah. you know. <laughs> they get their cocaine rations stripped yeah so you can't overdose in heaven I mean, so why they always have to be the second one to smoke the spliff? Like that's the punishment for all time. (laughs) Yeah, and the first guy's a really lot of slobber on it. (laughs) (laughs) Extra wet lips. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Memories. (laughs) Before we go, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters because they help keep the show going. We appreciate you all so so much. That would be let's let's see. Uh We'll have Ryan start and then Taylor and I'll go third. How's that? Are you as long as you're not trying to fuck me? <laughs> and that would be the two skeptical traps. A uh, noble spirit embiggens the smallest man, a perfectly cromulent statement. Alan Firth. All hail Peanut Buttra. Congrats on the engagement, Dan. Oh hey, thanks, Taylor. I appreciate it. And also thanks to our <laughs> Patreon patron who who set that as their name. Uh Doug Willoughby. Hunter Grin. John McCullough. Ollie Olson. Sinead Duffy. Steve Kuno. Stephen Andrus. Theodore Sullen. Tiffany Hudson. Travis Lindbergh. Vanessa. Uh, Corey Ebert. Don't be a Richard. Freethinker215. Good news, everyone. Jeff Peterson. Jeremy Goodson. Jonathan, a new Patreon supporter. Thank you so much. Woohoo! Marvin Dracon. Matthew Sanders. Megan Mitchell. Not a fucking gymnast. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that's about, but I fucking love it. That's awesome. (laughs) A dog programmer. (laughs) Utah Outcasts. Wesley Aaron. Janet Uter. Purple Dragon. Sorry, I stomped all over you, Taylor. Mm. Mm, That's not my thing, Dan. That's not my thing. Uh... <laughs> Ryan Mayfield. Thanks so much, dude. I hope you're doing well. Uh, Sarah Segovia. Savita Kuna. Uh, <laughs> We've just switched Dan, spots one. now. <laughs> <laughs> Socialist healthcare saved my life. Tim Jacobson. Trisha Weir. James. 
Most Sislak and Groundskeeper Willie want you to please support National Alliance on Mental Illness. Yay! Good job. <laughs> that was your plan all along, wasn't it? You want me to fuck up Most Sislak, didn't you? Did you just give yourself a high five? <laughs> <laughs> you know, a double fist pump. Fucking double New Jersey. I got it on the first try. Yay! <laughs> oh my I God. normally fuck up words. <laughs> Oh, my. Well, thank you both for joining me for this tonight. It's been a lot of fun. I like chatting well, with you. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go bye bye now. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Deno, out. Vote. Yeah, please vote. Oh, that's the thing we didn't do. Shit. What? Okay. Yeah. Oh, vote. Uh, our our, Biden our thing. secret plot. We'll start that next week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yep. we will have to do that next week. And we the, even talked about it beforehand. Yeah. We, yep. <laughs> uh-huh. We're going to have to, yeah. We'll talk offline. That's how great we are. <laughs> so I'm guessing you're you're without heat right now? Uh, yeah, that's the, yeah. Um, yeah, Ross Michaels, $40 um, floor length uh, uh, robe <laughs> with hood, with hood. So I nice. can go full wizard if I so choose. Father yeah. Christmas. That's kitten fun. Oh my god, it's a kitten fun. It's fun and cat and kitten fun. Hello and welcome to <laughs> Sorry. You're fine. My bad. <laughs>